bitch. Ah, you know what old Jack Burton always says at a time like this? When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. Bitch, the Chicago. Hey everyone, what is up? It is me, Ewan, and welcome to a new episode of the We Love Dad Movies podcast. This week we have something incredibly special for you. The debut of one of the most hallowed actors of 90s action cinema. Yep, today we're finally diving into a bit of Steven Seagal craziness, um, as recommended by Dan Grima. So Dan, welcome back to the podcast. Hello. I'm, I'm excited to discuss the noodle arms of Steven Seagal. Yeah, we're uh, we're talking Hard to Kill today, uh, a movie that I have only caught glimpses of before I watched it for the first time last night, um, whether that be through my own dad watching it on the TV and me kind of coming in and being like, this is crazy, um, or getting the the clips on Twitter of, um, of Seagal going, I'm going to take you to the bank, <laughs> the blood bank. So you mean, um, you mean the greatest line in all of cinema? The, it is, honestly, no, it is. Um, and my own, my own experience with Steven Seagal, Dan, is um, there is, I, I can't say that I've dived heavily into his filmography, but there is, there is a primordial itch in my brain that happens on some Friday nights or Saturday nights where I'm like, I want to watch specifically a Steven Seagal movie because there is a unique quality that he brings to his films. Um, and you know what it is? I just find him endearingly pathetic or pathetically endearing. I can't desc- I can't tell which is the right, the right phrase to say there. Um, but there is just something hilarious to me about an actor who in every single action movie that I've watched that he's appeared in. So for, for context, I have seen Under Siege, um, uh, blah, 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 hard, uh, Now Hard to Kill, Mark for Death, uh, On Deadly Ground, which is the Alaskan one with my... I haven't seen that one. It's honestly, it's a fun time. And then I've also seen... Did I, I mentioned Under Siege, didn't I? And I've seen um, Executive Decision as well. And the only, the only movie out of those where I feel like he allows his ego to be bruised is executive decision. Every other Steven Seagal movie is a monument to that guy's ego and insecurities and not in like the way that you would maybe think of a different action star. He does not allow himself to get hurt. If he does get hurt, he's still gonna kill a dude immediately afterwards. Um, Every single scene is devoted to hyping him up as like the greatest man to ever live. Um, And part of why I think he's such a great character to look at for this podcast is because I think he's the ideal he's almost the ideal dad movie action hero because (laughs) because he does a lot of ass kicking by standing still mostly (laughs) and he's also got that like um he's got that I'm such a nice guy quality that he always has for his characters you know he's always he's always sensitive which you know given the man is an absolute creep monster in real life you know, which, which is worth mentioning here. The dude sucks. Um, but Absolutely. yeah, like, I, there is just something about a Steven Seagal movie that I can watch and just my brain will get tickled because I find um, I find just he's very easy to laugh at. But I also find him compelling to watch. It's, 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 it's an odd mix. There's two things. You've kind of, you've, you've hit the nail on the head. There's two things you, you need to know going into a Steven Seagal movie. The first thing is, he is a piece of shit. He is a mm-hmm. terrible human being. He's got so many allegations against him about different things. 
he's basically for, like best friends with Vladimir Putin. He's he's an awful yeah, he's, human being. He's now the, the special envoy for U.S. Oh, yeah, Russian yeah, yeah. cultural links or whatever. He's he's a, he's a horrible person, and no one who likes his movies will deny that. Apart from like a couple of weird people. Yeah. Also hated by all the stuntmen. Yeah, oh, yeah, uh, we absolutely. Might, we might get into the Gene LaBelle story. I love it. My, my favorite story in all of Hollywood. <laughs> the the um, other thing is that he will provide entertainment and entertaining action scenes, but put in as little effort as humanly possible into martial arts. And he is, you, you he is a professional mar- martial artist. Oh, yeah. that's how he got started. Yeah. He like you can't deny that he is. There is an element of he has some talent. That's the nicest thing I'm going to say about him directly. He has some <laughs> talent, but he's sort of still like. I think he tries to make himself look so badass by putting so little effort in, but it does really look lazy sometimes. Yeah, but there's something yeah. endearingly pathetic is the is the perfect way to have described it. Yes, fully, and I feel like out of the the Seagal movies that I've watched so far, Hard to Kill might might epitomize that. Um, so, for those who don't know, Steven Seagal made his acting debut uh, a couple of years prior. I think it was Above the Law. Above the Law, in, yeah. Which I haven't seen yet. Um, but that was an action movie, and that was also his first on-screen appearance. He'd never made a screen appearance before that point. Um, and all of a sudden, you have this unique... Because he he's a unique action, you know... Uh, oh, yeah, he's very much got his own presence. So he comes onto the scene in, in in Above the Law, and then by the time you get to Under Siege in what ninety two, dude's made like four action movies that have all grossed like above fifty million dollars or something. Um, and Hard to Kill uh, was the second movie that he did, uh, in which he plays a. <laughs> right. So here we, we go. We did, right, we we did Tango and Cash the other month, right? And we, we spoke a lot about how great action movie names are. Like, you know, Gabriel Cash, Raymond Tango. Um, me and Zan just did a podcast on Speed last week where, you know, Keanu Reeves is yeah. playing a guy called Jack Traven. Jack, which is Jack another, Traven. Another, another great name. Um, and now in Hard to Kill, we have Mason Storm. Mason, Ma- Mason Storm. Mason Storm. And the movie... The movie fully is aware of how wild that name is because half the time that Seagal is interacting with other characters, they're using his full name, like Mason, Mason Storm, and then the, the guys who can't get him progressively get more and more angry and are like Storm, like that. It's um, it's fantastic. Like, I know I mentioned the other week when we did Tango and Cash, but it feels like it's bordering on a McBain movie at times. Um, Hard to Kill is like. Is up there as well, um, but in no way near the 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 clever humorousness of Tango and Cash. <laughs> oh, it's not. That's the thing is is this movie is not self aware at all. It, it's it's um, it's all there to be, and he's so crazy that he got this from like his second movie. It just feels like it's all designed to be this huge ego boost to Seagal. Like every time. And this happens in a lot of cigar movies. Anytime someone talks about Seagal's movie, they'll be it's Seagal's movie, Seagal's character. They'll be like, <laughs> "He's the best damn cop I've ever seen, and he's my best friend, and he's the <laughs> toughest guy." I, I genuinely I'm guilty. I was like rehearsing a joke in my head for the for this recording, where I was going to be like, 
the cops were there going like he's he's the best cop i've ever seen and he's and he's the most handsome too and he has the the biggest dick i've ever seen on a guy and then i was like i can't do that joke because about 10 minutes later they genuinely do have a character react to how big cigar's dick is (laughs) yeah yeah honestly like i'm not exaggerating folks like everything in this movie is designed is 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 algorithmically designed to tell you that steven seagal is the coolest dude ever (laughs) and why even why even try and why even try and compete with steven seagal why even try you pathetic piece of shit why even think you could beat steven seagal (laughs) you know he's got the biggest dick his hair in a ponytail. You think you could pull that off? Nah, you fucking dumb idiot. You could never do that. He can shoot faster. He can. He'll get on his knees and disarm a man who's about to stab him in the face. Um, basically, why the battle? The battle is already lost before you've gotten on the playing field. <laughs> oh, it's every like. Even the bad guy has to do a scene where he's like, "I've known Mason Stone for years, and he's the best cop I've ever seen." <laughs> Yeah. So, for context, hard to kill. Seagal plays police officer Mason Storm. The movie opens up with him surveilling a meet-up between Fat Tony from The Simpsons and um, a sideshow Bob Republican, um, played by... Oh, what's his name? He's so William cool. Sadler. William Sadler. Yeah. Who, the you same may year. from Die Hard 2. The same year. The same year? Oh, yeah. So he was in Die Hard 2 and also personally, because, you know, it's Keanu season at the minute, he plays Death in Bill and Ted's Bogus yeah, Journey. He's, he's great. Which I, which I also adore. Um, but yeah, he plays basically an evil shady Republican. His whole tagline is, you can take that to the bank. And he's talking to a mobster called Calabresi, um, which you might as well call your mobster fucking calzone at that point like it's just it's like getting george lucas levels of star wars alien conventions but for italian mob stereotypes and they're all dressed Um, like 1930s gangsters yeah yeah and seagal has got his little camera on his little headset and like he's doing again the movie instantly won me over because rather than just letting this scene speak for itself he's speaking aloud no one's near him he's all like what are you saying i recognize that oh come into the light and he's trying to get them on camera and he makes a noise and they chase after him he's got incriminating evidence on you know the the mobsters and what sounds like a sitting or a, a, a prospective u.s senator um and then after that they follow him back home but before that we were introduced to his family um with <laughs> oh that poor that poor child in that scene just um Billy is looking off stage for cues from the director in this bit where, where, where the entire scene is just establishing Seagal, uh, Mason Storm, as a good Christian sex machine. Yeah, the also, best dad in the world. We, we, we missed, I'm sorry, I missed the um, the bit where he stops off to get some champagne. Yeah, don't worry, I was going back to that. There was no way we yeah, weren't talking yeah, about that do. scene. Please do. It, it's, <laughs> it, my, I, the, the, the first line of this movie, yes, I've seen this movie like three or four times now. The first line yesterday, last night when I watched it, I paused it because I was laughing so hard because it's a thing no human being would ever say in that situation. Where he comes in, he's like, come on guys, what are you doing? I'm going to miss the Oscars. And then the movie spends the next ten minutes repeatedly bringing up the Oscars for no reason. It's Oscars night. Like, it's the Super Bowl. There's a bit where it cuts to a cop in the precinct watching the Oscars. And because it's like seven years in the past it's the 80s here's that ben kingsley won for gandhi and does a fist pump because <laughs> he's so happy about it oh <laughs> and then so good. like so that seagal goes catches the information from the bad guys goes to a, a, a 
convenience store, I guess they, they would call it in America, asks yeah. for champagne. I guess, you know, because it's Oscars night, you got to have champagne at the Oscars. And then, what was the line the guy at the store says? He's like, oh yeah, I got sure, it here right, right next, next to, to the, the caviar. caviar. <laughs> but then he does have champagne. He's like, oh yeah, it's back there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like, they have that weird conversation where he's like, I could be in a movie. I got fucking action, violence, porn, all on these CCTV cameras. And then... Um, a bunch of dudes who just just show up. They just show up in the thing. And yeah, they're, they're basically the it's the, complete... uh, the guys from the opening credits of Fresh Prince of Bel Air bust into the convenience store, ready to cause trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So they 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 bust in. And by the way, I should mention Sagal's fit for this scene. He's got like a a black suit with a white shirt, and then uh, like a a patterned waistcoat going on as well. Um, just crazy he looks like a jazz musician um and <laughs> so they come in um and rather than just you know hand the money over to these shotgun wielding knife wielding guys the um the the, the 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 store owner as he's about to hand the money to them anyway uh picks up a baseball bat and then gets shot and so then the next thing that happens the the, the guys bring the shotgun up to skull's chin and he's doing that whole badass thing, being like, ah, blah, blah, blah. And then, as he's about to shoot, he, he pushes the shotgun away. And then we get into the whole Aikido stuff, where he's throwing dudes around. And then you have the bit where, after he's taken out all these guys and, like, you know, breaking bones, busting heads, um, there's one guy with a knife left, and he's like, I'm gonna cut out your heart, man. And he's like, <laughs> oh, you're thinking this is this is too easy, this isn't fair, I've got my, my this shotgun. So he throws the shotgun down, and the guy's, like, still not fighting him. So what does he do? He's like, I'm gonna get on my knees and make it easy for you. And he gets on his knees and still twats him, and it's just... It's so funny. Cigar, this is such a... The two, like, massive trademarks of Cigar action sequences is he will spend half the fight just, like, going, like, oh, you think you're such a tough guy, huh? Well, come at me. Come and have a go. See what happens. And then the other part is that he will always beat all the guys up whilst moving his feet as little as physically possible. He'll just mm-hmm. let someone come at him and then just sort of, like, do a movement as if he's swatting away a nearby fly and then the yeah. guy will be on the floor. <laughs> It's um, it's it's weird because like, I I I I did I did karate when I was younger, right? But I never did um, aikido is not a martial art that I'm particularly familiar with. But I know that it's it's like focused on like upper body strength. And and Steven Seagal, you know, he's a tall dude. What is he like six foot something or other? I'm not sure. That's, he's he's quite a tool. A uh, tool. He is quite a tool. He's quite <laughs> he's a, tool a tool. And, like like powerful looking guy. Um and you know. <laughs> It, it's so it's so unplausible, but there is like a degree of artfulness to watching a guy move as little as possible and throw people through scenery and abuse want, a stunt team. I don't <laughs> want to argue with you here, Ewan. I don't want to dispute yeah. you because you, you have good takes. Is Steven Seagal a powerful looking guy? Um, right. I don't know. In in early like early. I'm on about his early time here. Like, obviously, you know, in the late nineties, two thousands, he's not that guy. But you know, he looks tall and he looks like a bully. Like the thing is, like he comes across I guess as, like, he makes his characters look like really like sensitive or whatever. But he still comes across as like a bit of a you know what I mean? The, I think it's the fact is, is that the Aikido itself, it doesn't look like a particularly threatening martial art when he practices it. 
I think that's the main thing I'm trying to convey there. I, I think <laughs> my head is too far into the later training montage scene because it's the only time I've ever watched a training montage and thought I could beat that guy up. <laughs> well, to be fair, he's just come out of a seven-year coma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that, that, cigar, that doesn't matter. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> he still thinks he's just a, much of a badass seven-year coma or not. Well, sorry, I'm jumping ahead. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, anyway... He, he beats those guys up, goes back home, um, getting ready to, to have sex with the uh, wife, um, puts his child to sleep, um, and then as they're toasting to champagne, uh, three masked men enter. And Dan, this is the, <laughs> this, the, the bit at the beginning where I was talking about how, like, you know, Steven Seagal does not allow himself to get hurt in his movies, and if he does, it's a very minor wound. Or if he is going signif- to uh, suffer a significant in- injury, it's going to completely non-phase him. So he takes, he hears the guys coming in. So he ducks out the way, takes out one with a pistol, then takes buckshot to his upper left torso, and it fucking knocks him back. But then all he does is get back up, completely unfazed, and goes, "You motherfucker!" and starts twatting this guy that has come in. Then takes another shotgun blast, which at that point he's willing to concede a little bit of threat and danger. And then it's only the third one that he's like flat out. But it's just so funny because he just he takes a shotgun blast, and then he might as well have been firing sand at him. Yeah, like he <laughs> he takes like it's it's kind of crazy that he survives it because he takes like the only character in the movie I've seen take more damage is Alex Murphy at the start of RoboCop. Like he gets shot and beaten up in that scene of like he gets shot by that shotgun very close range like three times i would have taken his arm off yeah yeah insane that he's still alive after it well i mean the clue of the movie is called hard to kill <laughs> that's true he is hard to kill yeah that's fair. that's a very <laughs> fair point um and his kid his kid jumps out does his kid jump out the window yes yeah with some very hilarious adr added in <laughs> Yeah, oh, I get what he says. He's insane. like, ah, but it's so clearly dubbed, and it's yeah. just a very yeah. I'm a small funny. child jumping out this window. Not a definite adult probably doing this voice. It's uh, I could talk about this movie for hours. It's a masterpiece. Yeah. So after that, it cuts to the hospital, um, and we've got one of his his one police pal, um, who it's O'Malley, isn't it? It's Frederick yeah. Coffin. Mal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who in this in, the, in that first flashback, he kind of looked like he, he, there was something about his face that that looked like a mixture of Jean Claude Van Damme and um, the fella who plays Bill Tench in Mindhunter. Forgotten his name, but I it kind of know. like he looked like a cross between those two guys. Um, but yeah, like they're they're there. They get told that um, that he's dead. Um, at which point we have the whole Mason Storm's the best damn cop ever and. Should also mention that they plant evidences, but in his house with its like you know like cocaine to make it look like a drug bust uh, gone wrong, and um, he's there, and then one of the orderlies is like, "I've got a live cop in here," and he's like, "Don't tell anyone. We've got to cover this up because clearly he's been set up within the police department." Which they come to that conclusion so quickly. <laughs> yeah, but they know <laughs> Not because much obviously the, the phone had been the phone had been tapped. I guess because another one listens in on the call. Um, and at that point, you know, Seagal goes into a coma. And then we wake up years later and he's got the most hilarious beard. Do you um, think this... I think I might hair. be... Sorry to interrupt. I think I might be reaching here. After he comes out of his coma, 
do you think they were purposefully trying to make him look like Jesus? <laughs> no. I mean... I'm reaching, aren't I? Y- yeah... I don't know. It's it's a bad look. Like okay, it's not, let me like, let me let me rephrase the question. Cage pulls off that look way better in Conor. Let me rephrase the question. Do you think they would have intended to have made him look like Jesus? <laughs> don't tell me that's outside of the realms of possibility that they would have thought. It's about not. It. It's totally believable. It's totally believable. Like the look itself is just wild, and I love how they made care and effort to shave his sides, but not like. Not the mouth area. Yeah, so sort of weird long goatee. Maybe Steven Seagal's genetics. He, he only he only grows like a goatee. That's the, the whole thing. Maybe, maybe. I mean, we, you know, not everyone grows a full good beard. Yeah. But anyway, at this point, we're introduced to the main love interest of the movie, played by Kelly LeBrock, um, who she she's an American actress, right? I, I'm not sure actually. Yeah, American like actress, that. and she, and she's from New York City. Oh, oh, to be fair, she was brought up in London and her mother was British. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because I think she's putting that accent on. It felt like a really bad accent, though. It was a very peculiar accent. But either way, her performance in this movie is... It might be one of the worst things I've <laughs> ever seen. It is just... It is shocking. It is hilarious. And when you pointed out to me, after I'd done watching it, that, that she was Seagal's wife at the time... Um, it all made perfect sense, but genuinely, like, um, and, and I feel so sorry for her because, in, you know, it's kind of high camp in a way. Like, it's kind of to use what the kids say, it's kind of giving mother. Is that that's like, you know, yeah, that's yeah. kind of the whole thing about it? It's so, it's so high camp and ridiculous, um, but it's just it's also terrible. She exists solely in this movie to go, wow, what big penis you have, and then make googly eyes over yeah, Steven's and then say say a line um, like do you want some pussy before she brings a cat out in the hospital yeah. that's she, she's there just to be oh yeah of interest that's it we, we, in we a bad in, way we are introduced to her um checking out basically violating his privacy and and staring at this comatose guy's penis and it's like i really hope you wake up <laughs> well one of the one of the nurses says something to her like oh your, oh, your, like boy, your boyfriend, boyfriend turned his head today and she's like buzzing about it and the only reason she'd be like that is she's like, genuinely, the, the, when they wrote this movie, they had in their head that they had in their head that her character was just going, this coma patient is the most handsome man I've ever seen, <laughs> and I don't know what else could, you can explain because why else would she be, she be so into him? She just thinks he's that good looking. <laughs> That's it. Oh, uh, and then when he gets his hair cut and shaves his beard later, she's all like, "Ooh, looking good." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he just looks the same as he did before. He's got, he's got like the, oh. the weird little po- like he's got like a weak ponytail in a sense that it just doesn't look. I don't know yeah. how I'm wording it. It just looks not right. Damn, I completely forgot. I've got. Another, I'm, I'm going to have to bring this up when as as I dive into the next part, which is of course when we get Steven Seagal's waking awakening montage, which again is some of the wildest acting you will ever see. Yeah. It's like very much. Um, it's very literal. It's very um, tell and show. Uh, like he's got the whole monologue going over, like take that to the bank, and you know, fucking he's like rolling wife his eyes. And kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he's like having a seizure or something. Um, and so she puts in the call, 
to um, one of the people at the police department that Mason Storm has woken up, which of course clues the other people on to you know that that they should go kill him. And this is the other wild thing, right? Why didn't they just kill him when he was in his coma? <laughs> I don't think they knew. That was, I think that's the point. I think oh, they didn't, oh, they didn't. Yeah, they, they didn't know. But yeah, like, but I don't know how he figures out that it's Mason Storm or, or like what what it is. Yeah. Also, that cop is, like, a, is name, like a mainstay of 90s action movies. It's Dean Norris from Breaking yeah. Bad, who shows up oh in like, Lethal God, Weapon 2 and Total yeah. Recall and all yeah. that stuff. Like, guys everywhere yeah. in those movies. It's always great yeah, to see. Yeah, so he, he wakes up and then they send over um, what I guess you would call the heavy of the movie to, to the hospital to kill him. And he dresses up as a doctor and then like stealths his way onto the top section. We also have this masseuse who we need to talk about Danny as the well. massage therapist. <laughs> I fucking love that guy, man. My he's character. great. He is wonderful. We all need a Danny the massage therapist in my, our lives. My favorite line is in this scene because um, Danny the massage therapist shows up and he's like, "Oh, we'll, we'll get you massaged up and we'll get you ready to go and we'll get you some lemon pie afterwards." And Cigar's like, yeah, too it's so weak. sweet." Cigar's like, "Too yeah, he's a nice guy." Cigar's like, "Too weak to do anything," so he just keeps going. I, I gotta get out of here. Stop! I I I, st- I have to get out of here. But at one point, it, it like cuts to the bad guy <clears throat> looking through the hospital trying to find Mason Storm, and then it cuts back to Seagal having a massage, and he goes, "You got, you got to get me out of here. Thanks for the massage, but I got to get out of here." <laughs> <laughs> it's line. so funny as well because so like, good. I, I heard, I, I read the Seagal made script rewrites for this. Of course he did. I feel like, um, and yeah, so it would make perfect sense for him to write into that he gets given a, a massage an actual massage and then they bring in the guy but the one thing I wanted to mention because of course the doctor the, the hitman disguised as the doctor discovers where he is um, and the, the one of my favourite things about this film <clears throat> is how how frequently civilians get fucked up in it <laughs> like you know in like you know in most chase sequences in a movie They'll like push past bystanders, or like um, you know, like or like subtly move their way through them. There are several scenes here during chase moments where civilians get punched in the face yeah, yeah. as like they're trying to like get past them, and it's so funny because Diane the massage therapist unfortunately gets double tapped in the face, and it's very sad. R.I.P. Danny. Um, but during the chase sequence when um, Kyla Brock manages to smuggle Seagal out of the hospital there's just a maintenance guy I feel like who's on the floor and then the, the, the guy's screaming at him to get out of the way the, the, the hitman and he just lamps him it's just so funny and then when he, he fails to get him and he's all like Storm it's like why, why do you hate this guy so much what is the personal beef this is one of the most bonkers action scenes I think there is in I, I don't even know if you can call it an action scene but it's one of the most bonkers action sequences I think in any 90s movie because the whole sequence is Seagal is like still too weak to get out of bed and he's like picked up like a mop or something so he keeps like <laughs> using the mop to pull his bed into a lift and then press a button to another floor and a guy who is like some sort of criminal or cop or professional hitman cannot mm. chase this guy down who's in a hospital bed using a mop handle to push himself around <laughs> and it goes on for like five minutes yeah yeah <laughs> it's uh it's certainly a time it's certainly a time um yes, I and, love this movie. and and like 
Clearly, Brock is like shoving Seagal around, and he keeps on clanging into everything. And she's like, "Oh, sorry." <laughs> um, it, it, she she believes him like instantly as well. Uh, oh, there's some trepidation at first because she goes away, and then and then he's back, and he's like, she sees the corpses, and then she's like, "Oh, this is what's up." Yeah, I get. Yeah. I guess. I guess seeing the dead bodies would help. Yeah, some belief, but. I don't know. It, I, maybe they just didn't want to like go too deep into it. And I guess this isn't the kind of movie where you need to go too deep no. into it because it's more fun if yeah, she so just wheels a- him out. After that, where he gets wheeled, he gets wheeled away to uh, Rancho Relaxo, um, <laughs> like this most this this gorgeous kind of like um, uh, house slash ranch that um, Carla Brock's nurse is looking after for a doctor friend. Um, and Seagal just so happens to be put in, into a room that is like decor- adorned with like Japanese imagery and like um, all that stuff um, and then he <laughs> basically begins his long winding road yeah, to recovery yeah. this is my thing with the movie like I I have this movie rated way too high on Letterboxd I have it at four and a half stars because that's yeah. purely the amount of entertainment I get from it I think yeah. this kind of middle section is the bit that lets it down a bit because it kind of it gets really boring. It's, it you gets spend really way boring. too long with Seagal just at this house that I genuinely would not be surprised if you told me that was Steven Seagal's actual house, like adorned with all mm. that like Japanese imagery and stuff. Because the, the man does not think he is white. No, and he is very much. He calls two people white boy in this movie <laughs> in two separate scenes. <laughs> He's the the king of cultural appropriation, but it it just goes on way too long. Where it's like Kelly LeBrock's character. I'm. Do you know that? I'm not even sure I could tell you the name right now of Kelly LeBrock's character. That's, is that on me or is that on the movie? No, that's definitely on the movie. She plays okay, Andrea Andy Stewart. Okay, yeah, I couldn't have told you that. And no. again, I've seen this movie a bunch. Um, they just she kind of has her own little thing where she goes and visits like her friend Martha for information and they do that a couple times and Seagal just kind of has a training montage but spends pretty much the entire second act of this movie doing nothing yeah it's uh it's a lot of um him (laughs) it's just a lot of him just like wrestling around and then we get to the training montage where he's you know he's he's woken up from a long coma so it's taken a while for him to regain full control of his muscles and stuff um and it's uh it's there where we get the whole um the the the, 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 the infamous montage where it's like him <laughs> you know lifting weights doing that run that he does unconvincingly um, punching a wooden post yeah the wooden post that is then clearly yanked by a rope it off looks, screen it looks terrible when he punches yeah off. i'm sounding quite negative on this mm-hmm. and i've already said it a couple times I, I adore this movie yeah i think it's amazing yes but it, it's he's he's just like really weakly just punching at it. I don't think that's a from... it's not a coma thing, you and yeah, it is. <laughs> that's how Seagal punches. No, no, <laughs> he's he's struggling to lift like three kilogram weights at one point. Can we <laughs> sort of can we tangent a little bit to something about his coma that I, no, go, I go feel like it. I need to say? I, I don't really know how comas work. I've never been in one. No, same, but when you kind of wake up or at least the way a lot of movies maybe i should say it this way in a lot of movies the idea is that when a character goes into a years-long coma 
they wake up and it feels like no time has passed, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's how it feels like if you actually woke up out of a seven-year coma. You just feel like you've had a nice... I don't know. So I'm, I'm no doctor. But going by that logic, going by movie coma logic at the very least, that Seagal has um, just woken up, in his brain, in his head, his wife has just died hours before. He does not grieve her for 10 seconds in this movie. Oh, right. The movie does try and address this in the most hilarious way ever. So as... As Kayla Brock is helping Mason through his recovery, she is falling in love with him even more, even though she was already falling in love with him when, you know, she was changing his Yeah, I mean, you've seen the size of his dick. (laughs) (laughs) So, so there, that's developing, allegedly. And then one night after he's done, like, one, um, he's been practicing his catas, um, in the most hilarious trading outfit ever, by the way, he's got this like tank top, <laughs> really like loose. jogging bottom, like big sock trader combo. At one point, he's got a bandana on, um, and then she just walks in in high heels and this absolutely banging like um, black dress with like you know um, cleave showing, um, and she's like, "I thought you might want." She, she say, "I thought you might like a flower." Um, and then she like brings the flower in, and then after that they instantly start kissing, and then and then they have sex, and then after they have sex, Segal emerges fully clothed once again, and then looks at the newspaper headlines that are like policeman's wife, family slain or whatever, and is overcome with such guilt looking at his wedding ring. He then goes to their grave and is like, "Well, I guess I did that," but it just. <laughs> And yes, yeah, like they do address it in this scene. He's been out addressed. of the coma for a while. It's not addressed. Yeah, no, it's but just, it's they attempt to. <laughs> the point is, he wakes up. I, I guess his mind at first is is on escaping, so I'll give him that. But after that, it takes a while. He he has to fuck another woman before he has to grieve his wife, who in his movie coma brain died hours before. But you got to think about it this way. Biologically, he's gone. He's gone seven years without without any. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he's gone seven years, man. I don't want to go too blue, but it's just yeah. He is he is hard <laughs> as a rock that whole time when he's in that hospital. So I guess yeah, he's got to get it out. But it's just he doesn't even go when he wakes up. He doesn't even ask. Or maybe I missed it. I don't think he asked this. Mm. He doesn't go like, is my wife alive? Ah, uh, he saw her pretty dead, right? I, she still. didn't. She didn't have them. Um, Seagal survived because he's Seagal. He knew that anyone else taking those shots, yeah. they were gonna. He's like, if I was a regular human, I'd be alive. I'd yeah, be dead. yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's oh. just, it's the one part of the movie I find. It's not the one part of the movie I find insane, but it's the part of the movie I find the most insane. Is um, obviously does care about his son because that does come into the movie. Mm-hmm. Just does not give a shit about his dead wife. <laughs> I mean there is one line that I do believe at the end where I'm like that's cold as fuck and I love it and I kind of think that's the one time I believe he actually is sincerely pissed off with these men Uh, (laughs) um, because all the other time he just seems like he's inconvenienced by what they've done like this this is a revenge movie but I never feel that that Mason is emotionally invested in any kind of revenge like no he's just kind of coasted along weird yeah, yeah. Um, 
So after that, he meets up. They they hunt down O'Malley, who has been raising or looking after his son. Um, the son survived, um, so they've been looking after his son stealthily. Um, they meet up. He gives him a piece. Seagal's got the most ridiculous jeans on in in that scene, man. <laughs> like it's this awful man. Um, I think he wears his and, own wardrobe a lot. Yeah, yeah, and um, so they meet up, and then they basically begin. I forget what happens immediately after that. Um, like Kelly LeBrock, like she's like really lonely, and she wants to go meet her friend who has been we we discover has been killed by the evil corrupt policeman yeah, Republican coalition. Um, and then they tail her back to the ranch, and that's when we get this is this is like what forty minutes into the movie. It's uh, it's we, almost an hour, almost an hour. So we get one solid action sequence in the first fifteen minutes, and then. We have that chase scene, which you know it's it's okay, it's fine. And chase we're waiting scene is, another is kind. Yeah, we're we're waiting like thirty five minutes for the next bit of action in my schlocky Seagal movie. <laughs> it's there's there's surprisingly not as much action in yeah, like you say most of the action is 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 put into the final half an hour, which is very fun by the way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the the last half an hour in this movie is is it, it made it worth it for me. <laughs> absolutely as it should it, 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 there's like it, that last half an hour has like three different decent sized fight scenes in it and they're, they're, it's decent action the, the shootout in the ranch is I think is good it's very funny though because they um the the <laughs> so so the guys show up and you have sicko main heavy dude with a shotgun and the other guys have got like machine guns and stuff and it just it's such hilarious Hollywood blind fire going on when they're shooting at Seagal and like I, I love how one of the henchmen even takes a moment to publicly acknowledge to his enemy ah damn guns jammed allowing him the perfect <laughs> opportunity to just leap over and then shoot him the, the, um, I'd love the like I, I do genuinely think the chaos in the building as they're firing and all the doors are coming down and oh yeah and the squibs are good excellent yeah um, and we have that great bit where he throws that dude off like the top floor yeah. in slow mo, um, and then that also that great bit where they're downstairs finally, and then these guys with like automatic shotguns just blow down the entire front door, um, which is a lot of fun. Um, and then we have that chase scene again where they get in like a, a little four by four car, and the enemies fill the car with so much lead that everyone inside should really be. You know, <laughs> yeah, they hit like... they hit the windscreen directly where Seagal is like sat. Yeah, so many times, and um, so they survive by plowing straight into these guys. Um, and God, I've not even like I've not even specifically mentioned there are certain bits where a scene will end and they'll give a, like a a comedic line of dialogue to Kelly LeBrock. And so in the final the, the final bit of this chase sequence, they release the horse, and then she's like, "Oh, I forgot to lock the gate." Or something like <laughs> yeah, that. I forgot, so... to, I forgot to lock the front door. We've it's, skipped yeah. the best thing in the movie, I've just realised. What? Oh, we missed the, the blood bank bit. We did not talk about the blood bank line. <laughs> Awful. Throw the we're, whole podcast away. Yeah, we're bad podcasters. Yeah. yeah don't need to tell me twice. <laughs> this is, I mean, it's not even that much to say, but this is kind of, he's had before this massive shootout a realization of who the villain is and he gets another insane montage of memories <sighs> of him remembering that senator trent william sadler's character is the villain that he 
caught and recorded seven years previously on Oscar's it's night. So funny because of his right. key catchphrase. Because because of the catchphrase, and it's so funny that every single fucking cop in this movie is like, "I know I've heard that voice before. I know I've heard that tagline <laughs> before." He's the senator for your state. Like, he is appearing on TV constantly. And they're all like that <laughs> meme of that woman looking confused with all the numbers around her. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Listen, I mean, um, I'm I'm no criminal, no criminal. I've 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 I proclaimed a lot of things that I'm not today. I'm no doctor. Mm-hmm. I'm no criminal. No coma. I've never been in a coma. But I've I've led I've led a boring life. <laughs> but if I was a criminal and a senator, I think I'd have different catchphrases for those two jobs. <laughs> <laughs> what would your criminal catchphrase be? <laughs> I mean, I would have to workshop something. I'm just saying. I think it'd be a lot easier not to get caught if you weren't repeatedly using the same catchphrase for the criminal activities and your campaigning. This, this man is so heavily invested in the bit that it carries across in both both areas because when he says like i could buy it if he said it as a criminal as a joking way but it comes across as completely sincere like he's fully like a card like dealership salesman oh yeah, it's yeah like yeah. you can take that that like it's fully like part of his shtick. he just wants power yeah 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 um and it's so funny because during this this moment of realization that they're playing the the different like there's different lines of dialogue like it might as well be like um the bit where it's like from now on the baby sleeps in the crib <laughs> Ian helps us play. like it's fully like going around his like his, his head um and he sits down on the bed doing his best pained facial expression he's trying to think because thinking is hard with steven seagal um and then he he realizes that when he was in hospital he remembered the senator trent thing take that to the bank and he's like and you can take that to the bank and then he looks at the camera he's like i'm gonna take you to the bank senator trent the blood bank and then dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the it even has its own music cue it's cinema <laughs> it's it's one of my two favorite dumb action movie lines that they're they're both kind of terrible lines but i think for the movies they're in they're perfect i i know how you feel about the other movie i'm going to bring up but i don't know how you feel about this line so there's this you can take that to the bank i'm going to take you to the bank the blood bank incredible line mm-hmm. and there's an excellent piece of dialogue in Demolition Man mm. where Stallone is outside Taco Bell fighting some of the guys from underground and some guy hits Stallone and he says you're going to regret that decision for the rest of your life both seconds of it <laughs> <laughs> and yes. I don't think we will ever top those two lines in action movies no they're absolutely beautiful um like it's just it's such it's so unhinged they like it's it it oh god it's just beautiful i find it beautiful that they made movies like this yeah we don't um, get them they made lots of money like in 1990 you could release a piece of shit 10 million dollar steven seagal movie and it would make 60 million at the box office yeah it's, be, it's yeah it's nice to see that happening a little bit more the past few months, I think. But it, it's, yeah. I don't know if you would get a star like Seagal nowadays. Thank God. Who would pump out. I mean, yeah, thank God in a way. But you know what, you know what I mean? Like JCVD, yeah. too. Who could just pump out these kind of low-budget, low to mid but I guess at the time they were mid-budget action movies. It, it, the closest we've got now, I think, is, is Gerard Butler. Mm-hmm. Who, yeah. you know, I, I can't... I mean, I wouldn't badmouth Gerard Butler. He's great. Um, but he's like the... The, he's the guy for that now. There's, he there's he hasn't got else. the flair. He hasn't got the flair 
of of uh, <laughs> of a cigar. <laughs> when I say flair, when I say flair, I literally just mean he doesn't have that inherent. He has a degree of self awareness. I think that's what it like, is. Yeah, like I know I, I've already quantified why Seagal is so fun to watch, and it's because it, it, it there is just something inherently fun about watching a man go out of his way to tell you how cool he is while not convincing you in the slightest. Yeah, while looking incredibly uncool. Anytime yeah. Seagal runs, yeah. it's he doesn't look like a cool action hero. No. He's got the worst on-screen run I've ever seen. And I'm saying that g- genuinely. Look at my face. I'm 100% serious as I'm saying this. He's, <laughs> he's the anti-Tom Cruise when it so... comes to him running. So after, after this assault on Rancho Relaxo and they escape... Um, where, where, where do we get to? Does, is this where they meet up with O'Malley again and they, they try and reunite him with his boy? Um, yes, I believe so. This all kind of, admittedly, the end of this movie kind of blurs into just a bunch of action for me, which it shouldn't, but yes. it does. Yeah, no, the... that is, that is, yeah. Oh, so yeah, they, they find, they find the old videotape first by posing as real estate agents, um, from, because the, the house that he was in in 1983 has of course been sold. So he has to get the tape back, which is still where he left it. And then um, we get to... Of course, of course. Oh, man. Right. So, yeah. So now we get to the train station where O'Malley is reorganizing a link-up. The big plan here from Mason is that he's going to take this evidence to a big shot news anchor and and clear his name and expose the the evil Republican cop conspiracy. Um, And O'Malley's last stand in this movie is a thing of beauty. Like, it's genuinely so much fun. So, the, of course, the cops um, discover where they are. Um, and so they send over the boys. And the boys are there, like, chatting shit to O'Malley, um, who starts beating the shit out of them with, with, with just random luggage. Yeah, just push um, the suitcases over. And then he's t- he tells Mason's son to run. He jumps out. He gets shot in the, like, the back. Um and then he pulls out his gun and he starts blasting, starts blasting. And then um, I forget the I forget the specific line that he says, but he picks up a tire iron that's next to him and he's like, "I'm gonna show you, like you're not you're not fit to wear that." But I forget what it is. It's such a I good can't line remember. as well. I'm running myself I, I, that I can't remember. Me. But it, like it genuinely is sincerely like 100 percent a very good moment (laughs) (laughs) this is the scene where i think of the thing that you were saying about civilians because o'malley's just like blind firing into the train station (laughs) yeah i kept thinking every time i watch it i keep thinking they're gonna just cut to a shot if one of o'malley's bullets just like hitting some person some innocent civilian because he's not paying attention to where he's shooting because he's just kind of got his head anyone. down by the car and he's just he, 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 taking pot he shots. He hits someone's hand, but he doesn't get he doesn't even get the dignity of actually I killing he, anyone. I think he does he not kill one of them. I thought he hits them in the hand. Oh yeah, oh, you might, yeah. No, you're right. I think yeah, yeah. Um, and then he just comes out from behind the car, bleeding to death with a tire iron, and he's like, "I'm going to show you what a cud cup is, or you're not fit to wear those badges or whatever." Uh, and then gets wasted. Um, at which point, you know. Seagal, also escaping from the police with Kelly LeBrock, um, happens to see his son running in public and starts chasing after him to rescue yeah. him from the pursuing villains. And again, we get more bits of just another scene where during the chase moment, one of the bad guys literally decks a civilian in the face as, <laughs> as they're running. It's just so unnecessary. But I, kind of, I love it. It's really funny. Um, and so they get into an alleyway. Um, 
<laughs> Mason beats the shit out of a guy and throws him in a fucking dumpster uh, as he pleads for his life. Um, and then he gets to the he gets to this other guy, right? He gets to the guy that has cornered his son um, and and murders him to death. And it's a really funny scene because in the exact same moment that he murders this man, um, quite like brutally because he, he he defeats him and then chokes him out and breaks his neck yeah. in front of all these people um <laughs> and then in that exact same moment his son's like dad and they have their big heartfelt reunion after the first time he's seen his dad since he was five years old <laughs> just just murder a man before his yeah, eyes just sees him snap a neck yeah but he knows his dad's the coolest guy in the world so he's like Exactly. Of course, he's going to do this cool shit when I'm nearby. Like, he's and again, waiting this for feeds me to in, show up. It feeds into the classic dad movies maxim of you know the 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 dad element is present. You can look across and be like, "Hey, son, if any if any sicko freaks involved in the Republican Cup conspiracy were chasing after you, I'd kill them yeah. all. I'd break their neck out. Anyone breaks uh, your heart, I'm going to break their neck. Yeah, exactly. Um, and from there on. Um, they split up again, and and Mason just decides to go and confront uh, Senator Trent directly in 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 his lair. Yeah, his um, logic's just kind of I've got the evidence, so now I'm allowed to go and kill him, even though I'm technically not a cop anymore. Yeah, and it is great. That's, that's what these movies do. But exactly, yeah, he could have he could have easily exposed him with the evidence, but he decides that he wants to kill them all, um, and. <laughs> It's really funny because he he breaks in and all the the thugs are just like playing pool. <laughs> just just sat around playing pool. It's like, another. God, God, sorry. No, no, just like literally in a few like the scenes before they were chasing after him. Clearly, they just gave up and were like, "Well, I don't want up for pool." <laughs> oh man! Wait, oh, storms out there. You guys want to get a pizza? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just think of Daffy being like, anyone for tennis? <laughs> <laughs> it's a great scene when um, Storm gets in there because he does oh just another God. classic like, hey, you guys think you're so tough, huh? Like, But he's, he's going like, hey, you guys got room for one more? Can I, can I he's play? Like, he's all like, oh, I know you're thinking it's unfair. I've got a gun. Well, I'm going to put this away. <laughs> <laughs> so who's going to pass me a pool cue? And he just beats up these guys with pill cues. There's a there's one overly ambitious henchman who snaps his cue in half and wheels them around like they're the most ridiculous like badans ever. And then the Seagal just <laughs> decks him in like two hits. Um, and then we get to my favorite moment in the movie, yeah, where he this. takes on the uh, the big heavy dude um, by absolutely beating the shit out of him. I feel like there is there some flashback here as well, interspersed, where we see he's reminded of his wife or whatever. Um, shit, I, I should know this, them. but I'm not sure. I don't think I don't yeah, think there but, is. Maybe. Well, he's beating the crap out of him, and then basically um, impales him through the neck with this broken off pool cue, and says, and, "And the delivery here is wonderful. I'll never be able to equal it." <laughs> he's like, "That's for my wife. Fuck you and die." I love that. That is such a great line, and it's a genuinely brilliant piece of delivery because there's no there's no pause, there's no emphasis. It's kind of like quiet rage, and at no point in this movie do I buy that Seagal is seriously like 
burnt up about the fact that no, his family no. life's been destroyed and he's been put into a coma and his his name has been sullied or whatever. That one bit where he's like, that's my wife, fuck you and die. That is that is genuine. Like, that is genuinely great. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, Seagal's not a good actor. No. But he has moments where you go, that was, that was okay. Like, yeah, I yeah. don't want to compliment him too much because he's an ass, but... Yeah. Like, this and, like, he's he's okay in Under Siege. He's not terrible in Under Siege. Yeah, he's fine. He's not great, but he's not, you know, he's he's the right yeah. person for the movie, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah, he's a great delivery on that line. So I'll have good. to give him a little bit of credit there. Because the guy just collapses straight afterwards, and you have that great shot. Again, the one good shot in this movie, I feel like, because I feel like it's so... It's not well-directed at all. It's not well-shot. But they do at least have... You know, they have the ingenuity for with this part where the guy gets appealed by the pool cue to show the body collapsing to the floor in a very fun power slide type way. Um, what else did this director make? Let's have a look, shall we? I'm, I've, got uh, his, I've got his filmography up right now. Bruce Malmuth. I don't recognize him. Oh my god, what? Oh, he was shit, in The Karate did, Kid? He directed Nighthawks. <laughs> I've not seen that one. I mean, not. It's, it's decent. No. You, you'd enjoy that movie. He did, he was a an actor in the Karate Kid movies. He played uh, the ring announcer. Yeah, I admittedly only recognise one other movie on this filmography, and it's Nighthawks. Well. <laughs> that tells you all you need to know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I love... Yeah, no, it's um, it's not it's not well made. Um, but I'll give it this. There is... Um, it's, got, it's got that Seagal charm to it. Um, and... I was actually pleasantly surprised that they made the villain explicitly a Republican. There was no ambiguous, like, oh, he might be this party or he might be that. No, they explicitly make him a Republican and have him run on this, like, law and order clean up the city platform. Um, Which, you know, it it might just be an attempt of showing irony, being like, oh, the law and order candidate's actually a piece of shit. Um, But I I enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, And... The, the bit where he, um, like, William Sadler plays the sniveling, considering, like you, you say, Die Hard 2 came out the same year, and in Die Hard 2, he plays a martial arts badass, um, like, special forces veteran, and in Hard to Kill, he's playing the, the most weevily, nerdy, sniveling little prick ever, um, and the bit where Seagal's, like, bullying him around, and, like, they have that really bad shot where after he tries to get the jump on him, he he shoves the the shotgun in his mouth and the it just literally it shows him shoving the shotgun into his mouth and the next bit he's got loads of makeup smeared around his lips to basically <laughs> imitate like 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 dried makeup yeah, as well yeah, yeah. it's not wet like he's literally stuck the shotgun in this guy's mouth and broken all of his teeth but it's just dry blood around the the mouth immediately yeah <laughs> yeah I think he's got clown makeup on yeah on yeah lips. exactly <laughs> so Sadler's just. A good actor, though. I think it's as simple as yes. that. Yeah. Oh, he's very good. Oh, and also, Stigall takes a moment to say that he has a tight, uh, a pair of tiny balls. Oh, of course, yeah. He's like, he shoots. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I missed. I guess it's yeah. smaller than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> I I, oh. I wish he'd got to, like, fuck with him a little more. I think that's my only thing about the ending. I wish he'd got to yeah. like, beat him up a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. That's just, maybe that's hard for me to say. But... Oh, no, it's not. It's not hard because immediately after that, the police show up and they're like, "Drop the gun, Mason!" And then one of the, this random police officer come in. I, I don't know if he's, he's of any significance, but he comes in. And he's like, "Mason, put down the gun." 
Um, and it, at that point, you're thinking, oh, they're going to try and kill him. And it's like, we got the evidence. We know it was Senator Trent, whatever. <laughs> you're under arrest. <laughs> and it's just like... <laughs> It's just so. It's so. Everything's wrapped up in a nice it's, little package. It, yeah. The the insane part is, I don't. How long do you reckon this movie's supposed to take place over? Now, forget it. Like post coma. Oh, like is it a is, month? Yeah. Is it like even that? It feels like a few days to me. But then I'm trying to think like how long do you reckon Seagal is recovering for mm. at at this ranch place? But it's still insane to me that when Kelly Brock's character and the, and Sonny the son come up to um come up to her there's like some definite adr where you hear her go i love you mason storm <laughs> yes i love you mason storm <laughs> oh and, and obviously she's now his mum uh the, the little kid yeah they're now. a family she's now, offici- yeah. yeah she is officially mum now At no point does the kid go who is this <laughs> yes i accept you as my new mother mama uh, he's just she's part of the family now <laughs> Oh man, alive! And that is um, cinema. That's hard to kill. That's hard to kill. That's all of hard to kill. Uh, it's it, I. It, if 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 our friends from Action Twitter are listening, because there's a, there's a few of them now. It seems like listen to this podcast. Um, I apologize if I've sounded overly negative and in, in how much I've made fun of this movie. I I can't stop saying it. I, fucking adore this film oh no, no i need to i need to explicitly state that i had an amazing time watching yeah, this it's film great it is it is legitimately entertaining i was cackling at so many lines um everything about it is scientifically designed to just pop the boys is is very yeah very it's funny i i the first time i watched this i watched this with um with my friend barney who who may or may not listen to this i don't know um because that's very much the thing Barney and I do is we watch a lot of these movies together and this still stands along with Roadhouse as probably the most entertaining one the two of us sat and watched and just giggled like idiots the whole time as we watched it <laughs> I love Roadhouse is like actual like Roadhouse has craft to it oh Roadhouse <laughs> like, I think is genuinely a good yeah, movie yeah I'm not exactly yeah. I, I will defend Roadhouse till the day I die oh absolutely and I'm a little unsure on the idea of the remake, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. I think I don't want to go too far into Roadhouse, but I think we have to just be grateful that we live in a world where the Roadhouse remake we're getting is the Jake Gyllenhaal one and not the Ronda Rousey one that almost happened. Uh, yeah, so let's yeah. let's count our blessings, you know. Yeah, uh, but this we I remember we had the best time watching, and we what we had when 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 myself and Barney saw. Um, hard to kill for the first time we didn't know about the blood bank line and it's to mm. this day the hardest I've ever laughed probably <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh Vin Diesel the movies there you have it yeah no it is it is it's oh god I'm just I'm going through the IMDB quote section now <laughs> for um for Mason Stone's lines I forgot this this amazing bit of dialogue as well we're outgunned and undermanned, but you know something? We're gonna win. You know why? Superior attitude, superior state of mind. <laughs> Might as well be saying, you know, we're outgunned. We're under- you know, you know why we're gonna win? Gatekeep gaslight girl boss. <laughs> you know why we're gonna win? Because I have the biggest dick anyone's ever had. Oh man, 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. So the conclusion is on 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 hard to kill. Um, Steve, <laughs> my takeaways: Steven Seagal has the biggest penis ever in history of mankind. That's the only thing you he, need to know. Yeah, yeah. He is a sweet and sensitive lover. He's a badass. He's a good father. He's a he's a good holy Christian. <laughs> um, uh, a snappy dresser. Um, a, a, an incredible athlete. Um, a master of home medicine, multilinguist. Um, basically, he's a god. He he is the greatest man ever to have lived. Yeah, the greatest yeah. man ever to have lived, played yeah. by a contender for the worst. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Mason Storm. <laughs> we all love you, Mason Storm. <laughs> we love you, Mason Storm. Yeah, I think that just about wraps up everything. Yeah, I don't think we kill. could we could top anything like that. Yeah, no, it would be it would be hard to kill. It would be hard to. <laughs> yeah, just turn the podcast off. I think I think I've just killed it. But, uh, yeah, this this has been the Wheel of WB's podcast again. Just want to reiterate, even though we, we a lot of, a lot of dunking occurred here. Uh, I love this film. It was a great time. Um, Mark for death. I prefer because it has Keith David in, and it actually feels like a good, a well directed action movie. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah um thank you dan for joining me um where where can everyone find you online um mainly on twitter at dan greamer 92 that's g-r-i-m-a um usually just tweeting about whatever action movie i just saw and uh dan greamer on letterboxd as well Mm, nice um remember you should remember you can also follow the podcast on twitter at twitter.com forward slash we love dad movies uh you can also follow me on twitter at you and bruins things and on letterboxd at you and patterson um before i go as well i want to give a quick shout out to our patrons thank you to josh brown shaka thomas mulgrew george jackson and christopher darby remember if you want to go support the podcast you can do so by going to patreon and looking for we love dad movies that would be super cool of you if you could um and yeah that just about covers it i'm gonna get ready to finish my john wick rewatch before i watch chapter four tomorrow i am vibrating intensely with excitement right yeah now. i genuinely did not sleep well the night yeah. i saw that movie by the time this comes out i will have seen it and everyone will have known how much i loved it so uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah this has been the really good news podcast um thank you all for listening go watch how to kill um and don't grow out a ponytail <laughs> <laughs> goodbye bye